0: We will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your co host, Leanine Heiss, and I can't wait for today's episode. I love it when my friends meet my friends, and today is one of those days. Before we get started, we know it's Christmas time. And all our lists include many tasks, but could I invite you to one we can't miss? That's shepherding the hearts of the kids in our lives to Jesus. Christmas is such a natural time to talk about the things of God with our children. As our days change pace and the world stops for the wonder of the season, let's take time to talk about the real reason for wonder, the gift of Jesus. Today, though, it's my privilege to introduce you to my friend, Ben Cody. I've known and worked beside Ben for years, and one of his superpowers is helping break down big ideas and making them understandable for little people. Today, Ben is going to help us talk about helping kids create a culture of value within their schools and groups. The uniqueness of this conversation is that we can have this conversation in any environment, even ones where we can't overtly say, because God gave us value. It's going to be a great conversation, and you can just listen in, because our show notes today are found on our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number to you, School.com. Now,
1: let's jump right in.
0: Well, Ben, welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast.
1: Thank you. Excited to be here.
0: It is so fun to introduce you to our audience. So Ben, for those who aren't familiar with you and your ministry, would you introduce yourself?
1: Briefly. My name is Ben and live and work at a place called Grace Adventures in Michigan. Been here for just over 20 years. My wife and I have four kids and I've been a program director. I do a lot of working with schools today, teaching, training, facilitating, coaching, those sorts of things.
0: Okay. So I live at Grace Adventures. You live at Grace Adventures. We live cross campus from each other, but tell people if people aren't familiar what Grace Adventures is and does.
1: Yeah. So it started as a Christian youth camp and has now grown that we have our own ranch camp. We do a family campground all summer long. We also continue to do youth camps, but we work with school groups and churches on a year-round basis. So,
0: Yeah, I think that's exciting. So a few years ago, I recognized that you were doing something that was unique, which was you had the ability to go into public schools and teach truth, basically even biblical truth, in that forum of the public schools. So, can you dial back into when that started or when that opportunity began to happen?
1: Yeah, Lee, I actually it started in a Christian school. They were struggling with a group of students that had some cliques and some bullying going on, and they said to me, "Ben, can you come? We're going to do a retreat at a church near us for this specific group of students. Could you come and could you teach them?" some biblical truth and do some team building at the same time, which is what I had been doing at camp, truth in chapel, and then um, team building with cabin groups. And so I went and did that. And I came back and I said to my supervisor, I said, this was really cool because I was able to do both teaching and facilitating. So I could teach them concepts and then they could practice what uh, they were learning. And he looked at me and said, do you think we could write a program? And so I began to do that Well, I had already done that for the Christian realm. And he said, Ben, could we do this for public schools? Could we teach them how to interact in a positive way and then give them opportunity to practice that? So that really was the start of what we call our P2R program, our positive peer relationship program. And then we just went to a local school that we had relationship with and we sold it to them. And I asked them to kind of be our guinea pig. And that was 10 years ago already.
0: So positive peer relationships. And there's actually funding within schools to do training like this, right?
1: As I describe it, it is Grace Adventure's version of anti-bullying. So rather than saying, here's what you want to avoid, here's how you want to respond, we decided we wanted to come at it from a of spearheading, hey, can we teach students how to do relationships correctly? And in so doing, minimize the bullying. And then we looked at it and said, how God designed us to interact is the way that people need to interact. So we built this in a way that we teach truth to students. And actually, I have teachers and administrators as well Um, so we can create what I call a culture of value, a place where every person is respected, heard, and known. And I think every person, because we're created in God's image, we long for that. Whether you know Jesus or not, a child walks into a public school and they want to be physically and emotionally safe. And so we want to create a culture of value where every student, every person is respected, heard, and known. And that takes a team effort. It's not just administration. It's not just staff and faculty. It's support staff. It's bus drivers. It's cafeteria workers. And then it's the students themselves. And so we've developed different tiers to it. But really, it's teaching them how to look at one another as having value and then treating one another as having value.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's unpack that, Ben. It's clear as believers that we believe That God is the one who gives us value. But when you're teaching this to students, like at Bible to School, we're taking public school students and bringing them into a Christian environment. But here we're teaching in a public school setting where you're bound from saying the word, God gave you this value. How do we do that? How do we speak to kids without saying, God gave you value?
1: So... When I teach Christian school students, which honestly is a huge passion of mine, where I get to teach God's word in a life applicable way, I love to be able to teach them the whole truth. So help me God. Yeah. But, but, um, but to share with each one of those students that you have been created in the image of God, you've been, which is a gift. Every one of us, that's a gift we're given. You don't earn it. You don't lose it. You've been given the image of God. We've been given the gift of Jesus Christ at salvation, and then when we receive Jesus, then we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so all of a sudden, not only as a believer am I created in his image, but I also have the Spirit in my life. And so it matters then how I treat other believers. Now, you're asking me specifically when I go into a public school, I just make the assumption that... and and this is just how Ben looks at the world, I make the assumption that every person has the image of God in them, therefore they have value. So I don't actually try to teach them why they have value. I teach them, I'm assuming we all have value. I, I just teach that as a fact. Every person has value. And then I show them why that's true. And so there's five different categories that, that I like to talk, And, and, and here's what I find when, when you talk and teach students, you have to use story. Number one, it engages them in, in ways that no other facts don't. Stats don't work. So I always use story to engage, but it also, I get to teach fact, but I connect it to the emotion. Mm-hmm. So it pulls them in and then allows them to, to learn in, in the process. So I say that to say there's five categories. Number one, because we have value, we all hurt. So an example of that, I I tell a story about a scar I have on my body and how I got it, and all the kids gasp in horror because they, they can relate to that. They know what that's like. Then I have them share with a partner a story about a scar on their body so it's interactive and engaging. And then I say, because we have value, We all hurt, not just physically, but also emotionally. When somebody promises to do something with you and doesn't follow through, when somebody talks about you behind your back and it's not true, that hurts. And the reason that it hurts is because you have value. And so I take that category and I show them, because this is true, you have value. This category proves that that's the case. Hurt is one of those categories. Unique is another one that God created us each uniquely. And, and I can continue talking about how I would do that in a program, but, but every kid studies have shown at 10 months old, kids know the difference between cereal brands. And so I do a little activity where I show a part of a brand and they have to guess the, the, what that logo is. It's amazing how good kids are at guessing brands. Now here's why, because marketing works. But marketing works because we can see uniqueness and identify it starting at age 10 months. And it just goes back to we all have value. We all hurt. We are all unique. We all have a story. And I love that one because that's where the students really get to interact with each other. And when I say story, it's your, your history, who your parents are, who your siblings are, things that you go through that are super fun and things that you go through that are super challenging are all a part of your story. And how we learn about other stories is through asking questions. And so I do uh, activity that I, all of my activities I've gotten from different places. I say I stole them, but, but I've learned them and then I apply them in this program where we do five questions where a student has to ask a question of another student and then ask a second question based on their answer to their first. And what happens, you do that all the way, you have to ask five questions each based on the answer to the previous question. It forces kids to listen and it forces kids to not just think, what am I going to say in response? It forces them to say, to think, what am I going to ask in response? And as we ask questions, we find that number one is it forces us to listen, truly listen to somebody. Number two, we hear a part of their story. And number three, as we hear people's stories, it connects us to one another because we may not have had the same experience, but we've had the same feelings through a different experience. And so it, it connects us.
0: So let's do that real quick. Show me so that we can figure out how to do this. Cause I think I mean, I've done this with you with students before, and this is a really fun thing. So five questions that we're going to ask.
1: So are you asking questions or am I?
0: Yeah. So I've seen this done. We've done this a lot of different ways, but, uh, A lot of times the first question is.
1: What do you want to talk about? So I give a real general category. Lee, what would you like to talk about?
0: Um, Shopping.
1: You want to talk about shopping. Lee, uh, what made you choose that topic? That's question two.
0: Well, I am thinking ahead at the shopping that's going to be coming up for Christmas.
1: And Lee, as you have gone shopping for Christmas in the past, what have you enjoyed about that experience? Question three.
0: I love the lights, Ben, and the way the stores are decorated.
1: And as you have experienced the lights and decorations, what does that make you feel like, Lee?
0: I feel so happy. I think Christmas is fun.
1: And what other fun memories do you have of Christmas?
0: Oh, I love making cookies with my mom.
1: And and we could go on and on. Right. And actually, you purposefully abbreviated your answers for the sake of illustration. But you could have easily gone into much more depth. As you listen to me, I'm always asking questions based on what people say. And I'm using the words that they use so that it allows them to take it the direction that they want to go. But even in that short illustration, I found out way more than just shopping.
0: Well, one of the things that is fascinating is is that we all have a story, but we all want to be asked our story. And really, we have to teach our kids to ask questions, right?
1: I wouldn't say it's just uh, kids. I, I think in our culture today, if we could truly learn to listen to one another, that that would make a huge difference. And I think it starts with kids. If we want to change the culture of a school And the interactions that go on, if we can teach them to listen, it will change the dynamics.
0: You know, what's so fun about that is that we're teaching kids that they don't have to agree with somebody's story. Their story is their story. That's their experience, their perspective, right?
1: Absolutely. Lee, let me just back up to say... As we are learning to listen to people's story, here's why it's so important is because every one of us wants to be heard and known. And so if they don't know Jesus Christ and God Almighty, they've never been truly heard or known. Mm-hmm. But God uses people in that process. And so for me, it's, it's built on that foundation. That's why it works in, the, in this setting as well.
0: Sure. Sure. Because God's truth works. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids.
1: Is there a Bible to School church to go to? Like, for my whole family?
0: We've been hearing how relationships and healthy cultures are so impactful for our lives. At Bible to School, our work with the children directly impacts their families as they share what they're learning and sometimes turns into an action where the whole family looks to get connected with the church. We love to see the families get connected with the body of Christ, where they can grow and be encouraged. So we're teaching value, and we're teaching kids that everybody's hurt.
1: Everybody hurts. We all are unique. We all have a story. We all have a perspective. Okay, a perspective? Yes your perspective is the angle through which you view life. And so I I love to tell a story where two kids are going to have the same experience and one of them loves it and the other one hates it. And they do the same thing, whether it's an amusement park or whatever. And one had a great time, couldn't stop talking. Another one went home and said, I got hurt on the roller coaster. The food was expensive and they had the same experience, but two very different perspectives. and so because we have value, God has given each one of us a perspective. And then finally is we all need support. We we can't do life on our own. We need other people.
0: Mm, that's so good. So, I mean, I think that once we get to middle school, they may go, yeah, I think I need support. But what if they're early elementary school?
1: Yeah, I think early elementary is would be even more easily taught because they can't get to school without help. They can't get to bed without help a lot of the times. And so they're used to accessing help and support throughout their daily life. And so that's where I would, again, I would create a story of a student who had to get to school and all of a sudden their mom or dad was sick that day. And and they were trying to figure out how do I get there because I need help. I can't do this on my own. And then I would t- use that as my my illustration
0: so when we're talking about this, we're talking about how kids build positive relationships with others. so understanding that they have all of these needs, perspectives, heard stories, then how do we transition into making that about the person that's sitting across from them and not just them
1: so let me let me back up again. This is a little bit philosophical, but I don't believe that changing behavior is by just telling people to do better. I want to change how they see the world. I want to change their worldview first, and then their values, and then their behavior is on top of that. So that's why I'm teaching first that every person has value, because if I change how I look at you, then it's going to change how I treat you, if I truly believe that. So once the kids wrap their minds around and begin to believe and and at least begin to practice looking at other kids as as having value, then they can start putting into place, how do I treat others who have value? Now, I will say this in the public sector. I also will say to the kids, this means you have value because Mm -hmm. some of the kids are coming from broken homes and from very hurtful words and patterns that they've been told you're worthless their whole life. And I want to come and I want to teach them the truth that you have value. So that being said, there's really kind of three areas that we focus on in building positive relationships. And I start from a student looking out and saying, I need people who will care for me. I need people who will help me. And I need people who will encourage me. And so those are the kind of the three areas that I center on help, encourage, and care because I think care has both kindness but also toughness to it. There's Mm -hmm. times when somebody who truly cares about you will correct you when you're wrong, that it's not just the mushy part. It's the somebody who truly cares is going to tell you how they see it and how your behavior or life is impacting in a positive or a negative way. So I teach it from the individual that we all need encouragement. We all need help. We all need care. And then I flip it on them to say, and you can do this. You can be this for those around you. Mm. And so I, I get them to, to buy in. Yep, I need this. And then I can provide this that I, I can see beyond myself and I can make a difference in this place in school for those that I interact with.
0: So, I mean, right now we're talking with, you know, people are listening who are invested in ministering to children or working with children. So Ben, one of the things that we know is how we treat those children matters and maybe speaks more than our words ever will.
1: I had one administrator who said to me, he said, Ben, not only... Am I getting this program from you because of the content you're teaching, but because I want my kids to interact with your staff? I want them to see your staff because that's the difference maker. It's not just the words and the concepts. It's the experiential when the kids aren't being yelled at they're being cared for, they're being encouraged, and they know the difference. I, I say kids all have a sincerity meter, yeah, and they know, are you being real with me? Do you care about me? And they can tell through your, your voice intonation, not just what you say, but how you say it and how you treat them.
0: I love that. And we know that schools that have Bible school programs, that the principals are excited. I mean, just teachers are excited to get kids involved in that program too. But also, Ben, there's a commitment when students aren't treating each other like they have value. This is where helping correct their behavior, it can be exhausting. I mean, to be honest, I've seen you do this And have patience in ways that I just, I hardly have words for actually. And so what is the basis of that patience and willingness to take the long road when kids aren't diving in and getting it and saying, thank you so much for being here every week. You're the best, you know, high five
1: (laughs) parenting. Yeah, (laughs) I I think it's truly is this number one, it's a process. It's not a one-time event. I look to gap behavior, gap, gapping behavior is progress. So you may see the same thing, but if you don't see it, if you see it five times today and only two times tomorrow, even though you're frustrated that I'm seeing it twice, I'm actually making progress. I think the other thing that I have to remind myself is every time I have the opportunity to correct somebody, it's actually God giving me the privilege of speaking truth into their life. Mm. And Christ role modeled John 1 14 says that when Jesus walked the earth, he was full of grace and full of truth. And, and I think that is how, as I interact with students and staff, wherever I go, I want to be full of grace and full of truth.
0: Mm-hmm. So ironically, you've done uh, program coordination at camp. You've been involved with students college students. You've led teams of adults. You're going into public schools, teaching this to businesses. But until you, I'd never heard a man say that they love and feel most gifted teaching elementary schoolers. So lots of men run in the other direction of elementary schoolers. So what is it about this age that intrigues you?
1: So first, let me back up and say, I don't think any man gets a testosterone boost from working with children or from making the statement, I like to work with kids. I think that's one of the reasons why many elementary schools don't have very many male teachers. There's not very many guys that are wired that way. And the only reason that I say it is I was teaching a K through fourth grade experience. It was a chapel actually at a Christian school with 431 students in the gym. And I was telling a a story with a biblical truth connected to it. And you could have heard a pin drop in that gymnasium. And I don't say that from a bragging perspective, because honestly, I've had to come to grips with, God, you've wired me this way and I have to be faithful It's not something that I think there's a number of other ways I'd like to be gifted, but I've, I've come to grips with it and appreciate it and value it. But I say that to say, as we work with the young kids, they're the most moldable. They're the most teachable. They're the most responsive that when they feel loved, they cannot help themselves, but reciprocate, which I think is how God's wired us. As we get older, we learn how to put up walls and barriers and, and act more complex to cover up. But kids are who you, you get what you see and there's great beauty to that.
0: I love that. So Ben, there are friends that are listening right now who feel like they're not making a difference, that they're dealing with behaviors and not getting to truth. And I wonder what you would say to that, to someone who is discouraged by the outward behavior versus what they feel like they're accomplishing in the heart. I mean, at public school, you don't have kids say, you're right. It's all about Jesus.
1: Yeah. So I think a couple things. Number one, I claim James 1, 5 on almost a daily basis, that if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And so In that moment, I say, God, give me your wisdom. My mom taught me at an early age, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, which says, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so one of the things I pray is, God, help me to see these kids' hearts. Help me to see these kids the way you see these kids. And that helps me look beyond the behavior to know that, behaviors is is a megaphone oftentimes for kids saying i need help and they don't know how to verbalize that mm. and so their behavior demonstrates they're hurting on the inside and so how can i break through that to to find the real kid that's in there
0: such a good word well ben we're almost out of time and i'm wondering if you could pray for our friends that are listening who are in the process right now of doing what you do which is sowing truth mm. Into the lives of students.
1: So, God, we come before you, readily acknowledge that it's your truth and your word and your principles that are going to transform and change lives. God, that's one of the reasons why Bible to school matters, is um, that they're teaching your truth to kids. And so, Lord, as, as the harvest is ripe and workers are few, I pray that you would continue to equip, empower, strengthen, and uh, give wisdom and discernment to each one of yours who is out representing you in difficult places, as well as, um, Lord, that you would give them glimpses of hope uh, so that they would persevere and be faithful. Mm -hmm. And uh, we pray these things in your son, Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Ben. Thank you. Wow, wasn't that helpful? I love the way that Ben made a critical biblical principle easy for kids to grasp. You can find those five value statements on our website today in the show notes at BibleToSchool.com. Hey, listen, if today's episode was valuable, see what I did there? Please share this episode with a friend. We love meeting friends of our friends. Also, before you head out today, be sure you're subscribed to the You Can Tell the Children podcast in your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss an episode. And if you're new here today, we're so glad you joined us and we'd love to get to know you. Drop us a comment on social media. We're at Bible to School on every platform. We'd also love for you to get to know us too. Our website is bible2school.com. That's the word Bible, the number two school.com. And you can learn all about who we are, why we do what we do and how you can be a part there. Join us next week, and we'll be talking about how to spotlight Jesus at Christmas. I can't wait. Merry Christmas, friends. Now, go tell the children about the love of Jesus.